Lesson from the Letter of St. Paul the Apostle to the Hebrews Brethren, the saints through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, received promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and scourging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering over deserts and mountains, and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, approved by the testimony of faith, were found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time Jesus was coming down from the mountain, Jesus coming down from the mountain with his disciples stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came forth from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and cast out your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. The Saving Words of the Gospel Okay, well, today we celebrate the feasts, uh, the feast day of two saints, St. Saint Fabian, uh, who is a pope, is a bishop of Rome, and St. Sebastian. They're celebrated on the same day, because at one point they were actually, uh, they were actually uh, buried together. They were buried separately, and then eventually uh, joined together in the Basilica of St. Sebastian, outside the walls in Rome. And this is really quite quite a week for Roman saints. Uh, we had St. Marcellus, um, Pope, uh, St. Prisca, and uh, St. Agnes tomorrow, and uh, today, of course, Fabian and, and Sebastian. So it's really quite the week for Roman saints. Um, today's martyrs um, were buried. Uh, one of them was buried in a, in, a, in a place out in the Via Appia, and the great basilica was raised there, the basilica. Uh, San Sebastiano Fuori di Mura, and uh, uh, Saint Fabian was originally buried in the in the catacombs of Saint Calixtus, and uh, they have his uh, epitaph. They have his grave marker. It really doesn't say much. It just says Fabian Bishop. That's all it says. But it's but it's his original grave marker going all the way back to the third century, and uh, then they eventually uh, and, and what, Fabian. Fabian, interesting guy, he was elected uh, to be the Bishop of Rome because when it was time to elect a new bishop, a dove landed on his head, and everyone took that to be a sign of approval from the Holy Spirit, so he was elected, and he organized the city into various regions, uh, seven regions, and he assigned deacons 
to these regions, and these became titulae or titular churches, and even to day there are still titular churches in Rome assigned to cardinal deacons and cardinal priests. The College of Cardinals is divided according to the three orders of bishop, priest, and deacon, and so there are cardinal deacons, and they are assigned to certain churches just as back in the day, and then those deacons would take care of those churches and the people who were in that area. And so he also worked on sanctifying the catacombs, and he brought the bodies of Saints Pontius and Hippolytus back to Rome from Sardinia. He eventually came to be slain during the persecution of Dacius, and much later, I think it was under Clement XI, who was a pope in the 18th century, who moved his body to the great basilica of St. Sebastian outside the walls. Sebastian, on the other hand, was a Christian who rose to prominence as a soldier in the Imperial Guard, and he wound up rescuing Christians during the persecution of Diocletian, which got him the distinction of being shot full of arrows. But he lived, he survived that. And another saint came along, St. Irene, Irene, which means peace in Greek, and she nursed him back to health. And he went back and faced down the emperor, who then had him beaten to death and thrown into the great sewer of the city of Rome, the Cloaca Maxima. You can still see today, if you stand on one of the bridges going across the Tiber, you can see where the the exit of the Cloaca Maxima comes down to the Tiber River. Anyway, St. Sebastian's body was recovered and then interred outside the Roman walls, the Via Appia, where the Basilica of St. Sebastian is now. So those are our two martyrs for the day. We have some... There's something that I want to say about Luke here. Um, this is what is called the Sermon on the Plain. It says Jesus coming down from the mountain, you know, with his uh, with his followers, stood on a level place, and uh, stood in a, a level place in the in the KJV King James version. It says he stood in the plain. Well, that's a little bit deceptive, I think, because this. This account in 6 Luke is the same, really, as... It's the same moment, I think, as the Sermon on the Mount that's recounted in Matthew. But you have to understand, the, just like you have to understand the context of a gospel reading, we also have to understand the geographical context. And... Uh, my uh, my pilgrimage that I had a couple of years ago to the Holy Land uh, taught me about how this worked with the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain. You know, sometimes you get this idea from movies. You look at old old you know Jesus movies, and he's standing in a high place, and all the people are down below. Well, it's probably actually the other way around. The people were on the hillside, and he was down below speaking up in order to be able to create a kind of an amphitheater. This would be a way for everybody to be able to see him too, because they're looking. You know, the sight lines are better, and the the acoustics are better. 
And sure enough, um, when you go to where the Sermon on the Mount is, not you know far at all from where the, the Sea of Galilee is, uh, north of Jerusalem, uh, you find this place where you find the Mount where they have now the big church where the Sermon on the Mount was supposed to take place and all that. But you can see from the geography there where the Lord could have stood on a on a level place but still be on the mountain and the people would have been there and they would have been able to hear and see him very well. So it's really the context helps us understand what the differences or what the similarities are between the Sermon of the Plain and the Sermon of the Mount. Uh, from Luke 6 and then Matthew, I don't recall right offhand what chapter that is. Anyway, it's the same place of the same sermon and, and just different things are being emphasized. Uh, speaking of context, it's a very good idea to go and take a look at Luke 6 and see that this is not only uh, a sermon about blessings, it's also a sermon about woes and curses. He says, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you, but woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. Woe to you people over here who are comfortable and so forth. Woe, for example, woe to you who are laughing. Well, you know, there's not really anything wrong with laughing. Uh, woe to you who's, who have, who are not hungry, whose bellies are full. Well, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, being able to, being able to eat. So what's, you know, what's going on with that? And this is, this, these woes come after the reading that we have today. But I think they, I think they serve, uh, the context serves to illustrate, uh, shed greater light on what the Lord is talking about with the blessings. And that is, uh, to break it down, just really into the essence of it. Um, woe to you people who are lured into complacency by earthly contentment and earthly comforts. Therefore, happy are those, makarios is the word used for blessed. Blessed uh, is one way to translate the word happy or blessed are those who are, who are suffering in terms of worldly uh, contentment or worldly comfort. Why? Because when you're afflicted, you are probably more open to God than you are when you're content and therefore distracted by the things of the world so that your mind strays from the final goal, which is heaven. Uh, I think we've all had the, the experience of turning to God in affliction uh, more uh, eagerly, readily, uh, and more often when we are experiencing bad times or when we're sick or we're, we're in pain or suffering in some way, when we're afraid or anxious, we tend to turn to God more swiftly and very earnestly. And indeed, that's the way we should be all the time. But it's also true that having everything going just fine and comforts and so forth, we can be distracted by earthly things away from that which is more important and therefore uh, be, be, shall we say, heading the wrong direction. Even though we're not doing anything wrong necessarily, it's not wrong to have uh, uh, material comforts, but they're wrong for us when they take us away from that which is truly important. Remember that 
The only one who belongs on the throne of our hearts is God. And so if we put any material thing, any creature, even another person, on the throne of our heart in the place where God is, we've gone astray, and then our lives are out of order, and everything that we do then is disordered. So we have to be very clear about where our final goals are, and what it, where our real loves are, what our attachment is, what real happiness is. Real happiness can be found in the midst of affliction and suffering. You know, our Lord says, if you want to be uh, my, my follower, you have to take up your cross and follow me. It doesn't say take up your, you know, take up your, your, your comfortable uh, life and follow me. No, you have to, you have to follow him even in those things which, uh, in worldly terms, uh, can be counted as woes and disasters. So take a look at Luke chapter 6, um, from about verses uh, 17 onward for the, the Sermon of the Plain, as it's called. And you'll see uh, what I'm talking about, the contrast between what he says, blessed are you who are poor and so forth. Why? For yours is the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because when you are afflicted, you tend to be tending more and asking God and depending on God and praying and relying on God. Uh, for your for your well-being than when we are comfortable. So, uh, on that note, um, let's ask Pope's uh, let's ask Pope Fabian and uh, Saint Sebastian. By the way, uh, on the graphic that I used uh, for the uh, the stream today, uh, there's a plaque on there. Uh, it's a plaque that's found in the Basilica of Saint Sebastian outside the walls, uh, and in Latin it says. To St. Sebastian, soldier of Christ and martyr, defender of the church, repeller of plague. Now, you might, some of you might have be watching these uh, back in you know the time for the last year or so, when I was every day reading this prayer uh, taken for extracted from the Roman ritual against uh, disease, against the plague, against the pandemic. And in there, St. Sebastian is invoked. And you might be wondering, well, why of all the saints, uh, what, why St. Sebastian? Well, he is invoked. He was and has been all through Christian history invoked against plague, probably because, I don't know, he was shot through with arrows or something. I'm not quite sure exactly what the story is behind that. But he was, he was invoked uh, against diseases. And so that's how he found his way into that prayer. And at the end of this Mass, for the first time in quite a long time, I'll, uh, I'll recite that prayer. Let us pray for a miracle, for the complete, sudden, and lasting extirpation of the COVID virus and all its variants and all its physical and spiritual harm. Domine non secundum peccata nostra facis nobis, neque secundum iniquitas tes nostras retribuas nobis. Anima nos Deus salutaris nostre, et propter gloriam nominis tui domini libera nos. Domini nem me mirinis iniquitatum nos turanum adequarum, cito ditimen nos misericordiae tue quia pauperis factis sumus nimis. Ora per nobis sancti Sebastiane, ut digni ficiamur per missionibus Christi, 
Domine exaudio ratione mea, me clamor meus ante veniat. Dominus obiscum, me consvini iutuo, horemus. Exaudi nos Deus salutanis noster, ridice cedente beata gloriosa de igenetici Maria, sempre virgine, e beato Sebastiano martire tuo, et sancto tuo pontivice tuo, spaviano et omnibus sanctis, popnum tuum a miracundie tui terrarnus libera, et misericordie tui fac lagitate securum. Propiziare domine supplicationibus nostris, et animarum et corporum et dere lamoribus, ut remissione percepta, et tua sempre benedictione de temor. Da nobis quesimus, domine pie, petitionis effectum, et pestilentia mortalita tempque propiziatus averte, ut mortalium corde coniosquat, et te indignante Italia flagella prodire, et te miserante cessare, per dominum nostrum, Iesum Christum, Iesum Tuum, qui tenu vivere regnat in unitati Spiritus Sancti, Deus, per omnia secola, seculorum. Amen. Et benedictio Dei Omnipotentis, Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti, descenda super vos, et maniat semper. Amen.